Hi there, I'm Nicole Gilbert, and you've joined the Stop Scrolling and Start Sewing podcast. Are you new to sewing and want to start quilting but have no idea where to begin? Each Wednesday, join me as I share the ins and outs of that quilt life. If you don't have a sewing machine, have no idea how much fabric you need, or you're just trying to figure out where the heck to stick that bobbin, this is the podcast for you. Hi folks, welcome to the episode two of the Stop Scrolling and Start Sewing podcast. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the different types of sewing machines and what you should be looking for when you're shopping. But first, a quick word. Today's episode is sponsored by my free guide all about purchasing your first sewing machine. Head over to themodernquilterscircle.com to download your guide today. Okay, so I've got a quick note before we dive in. The following is for brand new machines. While all of these things still apply to secondhand machines, machines from previous eras won't have the same technology or capabilities. Just a little something to keep in mind. Okay, time to get started. If you've ever searched for a sewing machine online, you have probably been inundated with a blood of information. There is just so much to consider when you're trying to find a sewing machine. Um, Currently, there are over 100 brands of sewing machines on the market. You have to then choose whether or not you want a computerized, electronic, or manual model. And then you also have to look into the basic functionality of those models, whether or not you're going to need an embroidery machine, an industrial strength machine, a quilting machine, or a long arm. It's a lot to take in. So that's all without discussing the specs you want to have in the machine. But don't worry, we're going to go over each of these topics in today's episode. So I believe that the first decision you have to make is the overall functionality that you're going to need for the machine. Meaning, what do you plan on using this thing for? Um, So myself, I'm a quilter, so I tend to lean towards getting quilting machines. Duh. Um, And what makes a quilting machine a quilting machine is that there are several specific quilting stitches that a quilter will use. So you'll see models out there that have hundreds and hundreds of stitches. I can honestly say I use the same three or four stitches on every single project. So I don't really need all those extra stitches. Um, That includes blanket stitches and zigzag stitches. Those are my big go-tos. You'll also want to make sure that the machine has an excellent high power motor. um, And that is just because you will be punching through many layers of fabric when you are quilting, especially when you get to the binding phase. A high power motor allows for consistency in stitches, both in speed and length. And it's just a must have for quilting machines. And the majority of quilt machines do have higher end motors. The last thing that you'll look for with your quilting machine is a large creative space. Um, Many manufacturers actually refer to that as throat space, and that is the distance between the needle and the motor of your machine. You'll notice that on some lower ticket machines or non-quilting machines, that throat space is just a matter of maybe four or five inches. 
on a quilting machine up until you hit long arm because the long arm is a whole different beast. That will typically be a space between 10 and 12 inches. And you really need that additional room to work. If you're working on a larger project like a king size quilt, you will be pushing through a blanket that is many, many feet wide. And you have to roll that up and keep it going and being able to work it without messing up your stitches as you're sewing. So you need that extra space. It's honestly the first thing I look for when I'm looking at a quilting machine. So that's the quilting machine. Next up are embroidery machines. So embroidery machines are those gorgeous machines that usually have a large computerized panel on them where you can set up to make beautiful pictures that honestly look like hand stitch or cross stitch. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with embroidery. It's not really my jam, but I can totally appreciate the effect. An embroidery machine is special because it comes with a series of hoops that you stretch your fabric through and hook into the machine. The machine then automatically can produce those embroidered images. And it does that by hooking the loop into a special extension table that moves the hoop for you underneath the needle. Honestly, many of them nowadays are like set it and forget it machines. They're pretty flippin' cool if I do say so myself. Um, I will say this is the only type of machine where I do not suggest getting an older model. Simply because you want the ability to upload new images and pattern styles into the machine and you're only going to be able to do that with a newer model that takes a USB stick that allows for Wi-Fi transmission. Um, technology is your friend when it comes to embroidery machines. Next up is the industrial machine. Industrial machines are those ones, I always think of them when you see those big seamstress uh, studios and they're like in warehouses and there's like 40 people hunkered down on these gigantic machines. Um, they have huge creative space, space between the needle and the motor, um, and they are high speed and powerful. Um, I don't really see a need for a home domestic sewer to have an industrial machine. That doesn't mean I still don't really want one. <laughs> it's it's on the list. Um, and then lastly, there is the long arm. A long arm machine is a quilting machine that has typically very limited stitches, less than 10. A lot of times they only have one and they actually are oriented differently. So the way that they sit, you face the needle instead of the side of the machine when you're looking at it. Many times you'll see them loaded onto a large frame, like 10 feet long, and you stretch out your quilt beneath them and you hold onto handles and guide the machine over your um, project. Now, this is excellent for quilting. It alleviates the need for a large creative space because you're not pushing the 
um, project through the machine at all. The machine is actually getting moved over your project. Um, it's really cool. They take up a ton of space. Um, and honestly, if you don't have a dedicated sewing machine, you are not in the market for a long arm machine. A long arm machine is a very, very specialized machine and should only be used in conjunction with a traditional sewing machine. So that's that. That should help you a little bit decide like, okay, now I want a quilting machine, an embroidery machine, an industrial machine, or a long arm, depending on where you are right now in the market. Once you know what you'll use it for, I suggest figuring out if you want a computerized, an electronic, or a manual machine. So I think of this besides embroidery. Let me let me make that little caveat. An embroidery machine, I do believe, needs to be a computerized machine simply for the added benefits of really getting creative with what you're making. Uh, you will be limited on a more basic embroidery machine. It just, it just is that. For the rest of types of machines, what you're really looking for is quality. And bells and whistles do not equal quality in the sewing machine world. So when I say that, you can go into your local Walmart and get an electronic brother or singer sewing machine. And you can pay about $100 to $150 for that machine. It is not a machine that is going to last you for the long haul. Um, it is not a machine that probably has a good motor to get through quilt binding. Um, but if you're just really starting out doing very basic projects... Honestly, it should be fine to start you with. I personally, at that price point, would say get a manual machine. Now, if you're wondering, I'm like getting ahead of myself. If you're wondering what is the difference between a manual machine and an electronic machine, a manual machine has dials on the front and there's usually two big knobs. And on those knobs, one of them We'll have a bunch of letters, and that's actually how you select what pressure foot is going to be on your machine. So the letter is with the corresponding presser foot. The other knob has the stitches, and typically it will also say what presser foot you use for what stitch to kind of help you out a little. So you choose your stitch, you choose your presser foot, and you're on your way just by turning the knob. An electronic machine typically has a printout right on the front with all of the stitches that the machine can do. And then there is a very small LCD window, almost like an old school alarm clock, where you can press the buttons up and down to choose your um, presser foot and to choose your stitch. So that's an electronic machine. A computerized machine actually has like a little, it almost looks like a mini iPad built right into where the motor is on your machine. And you're, I mean, 
the sky's the limit on those. I have, I mean, I, I own a machine in each of these categories. Um, and they're all great. They really are good machines. So please don't think that, oh, mine has knob selection. It's a janky machine because it's not. I mean, it could be. You could have gotten like a $60 sewing machine and that's a whole nother thing. But what makes a machine a quality machine is the speed and heavy duty factor of the motor as well as the material that the internal parts are made of. Which is why I often say find a used machine because one of those gigantic metal 1970s sewing machines will last you forever. They're amazing. With a lot of these machines that you get at those big box stores, they're made of plastic and their parts are made of plastic. And what happens is with the mechanics of a motor, they wear so quickly and they snap and they break and they're so inexpensive that they're not worth fixing. You just end up go buying another one. And it's just this constant cycle and it's just not worth it. Where with a metal machine, those kinds of things aren't really an issue. Um, And when they become an issue, they're not typically um, kind of a one and done situation. It's worth it to fix it. Um, So I, I will always highly recommend getting a metal machine. And you'll notice a plastic manual machine from Walmart will run you about $100. An all-metal manual machine that you buy at a dealer or at a specialty shop will cost you a few hundred dollars. Um, And there's a reason for that. You definitely tend to get what you pay for with a sewing machine. So... Just keep in mind, I don't suggest spending a ton of money, so there's no need for a computerized machine unless you're going with an embroidery machine, in which case you're going to want to spend the extra money and have the ability to add patterns and stitches that usually only come with a computerized model. Okay, holy cow, that was a lot. Now on to brands. So there are over 100 brands of machines out there. Honestly, who really knows how many brands of sewing machines are out there? I'm sure there's a bunch that have never even crossed my radar, so there's that. I'm going to talk about the most traditional brands that you're going to run across in your searches online and in shops and dealerships near you. So the big box brands are, you know, um, when I say big box, I mean Walmart, Hobby Lobby, Joann's, Michael's. The big box brands are Brother, Singer, and the lower-end Janome machines. Um, Brother machines are perfectly good machines. They're incredibly affordable. You can walk into a store and get one right away. I will suggest if you are looking at a Brother machine to go over to a Joanne Fabrics shop because they actually have a dealer within the store. And so they actually have some better models of brothers than you will typically find at Walmart. So that's something to keep in mind. Singer. Everybody has heard of Singer. Singer um, started creating the American sewing machine 100, over 100 years ago. They have 
incredible brand recognition. And I think that it's probably the first name that comes to mind when anybody thinks of a sewing machine. And for many years, they deserved the reputation. I don't personally believe they really deserve that reputation currently, um, but for good reason, because Singer Corporation has gotten so large, they actually have purchased some higher-end machine lines, and so all of the really good bells and whistles and cool stuff is on those machines, and Singer has become their budget domestic line. Now, one singer I will say that is totally worth its weight in gold is the Singer Heavy Duty. You can get one between $150 and $200. It is a manual machine, but it is strong and it will do an excellent job for you. So if you're on a budget and you want a quality machine, that is the machine to get for sure. Now, you can also find Janome at these stores and it could be kind of a pull for a lot of people because they have the brand recognition of this being a higher end sewing machine maker. I will say that the only Janomis you can get in store are crap. They're made of plastic. They're not great. I personally would avoid them but if you want to feel like you are getting something made by a slightly better brand you can get a Janome at Hobby Lobby or Joann's. Um, they're usually under names like Easy Sew and, and stuff like that to kind of give you an idea of where they fall in the marketplace. So that's what you can get at a big box store. Now, dealerships. So a lot of times, and I don't know why, but they're all so in vacs. So you can get like a high-end vacuum or a sewing machine. I don't get it, but it is what it is. You can buy a dealership brand at either a sew-and-back shop or a specialty fabric shop. Now, these are great places to purchase machines because they have warranties, they have classes and education that you can participate in. Uh, Typically, they come with the purchase of your machine. Um, And honestly, every one of these brands that I'm about to discuss have some phenomenal machines Um, And I will link to all of these different brands in the show notes at themodernquiltercircle.com slash episode dash two so that you can get a little bit more familiar with them. But uh, just keep in mind that just like a car, you're not going to be able to go to one place and try all of these different models. You might be able to try one or two, but it'd be very hard pressed to find a place that sells all all of these models. So you may be doing a little bit of searching and and driving here and there to to find one. Now, we just spoke about Janome in the big box brand. Now, Janome at a dealership is a whole different beast. These are amazing machines and really their big sell. Every one of these brands has their own little quirk or thing about them. With Janome, they're all about the high-tech machines. So their machines have Wi-Fi capabilities and, you know, they can plug into your computer. You can design things on your computer and it automatically send it to the machine. Like if that's your jam and your kind of thing, like Janome is the brand for you for sure. 
Now, next up is the Juki. And Juki's flagship machine is a single needle, high speed industrial machine. You probably have seen it a million times at your seamstress or tailors. Um, and it's an awesome machine. I totally want one. Juki does make other machines, um, but that is really their bread and butter. Um, Baby Lock is the next brand up, and they're known for overlock machines, which is just a type of stitch, um, but they now have expanded into all different categories, um, but they really do um, showcase their stitching. On to FAF. Now, FAF is my personal favorite. I have a FAF Creative Vision 5.0, and I'm obsessed with it. I think it's beautiful. It does all of the things. It's just an amazing machine. I obviously am partial, um, but FAF is now owned by Singer. So this is one of those high-end brands that Singer brought into their portfolio and now they're one of the brands that they put a lot of their innovation into. So the really cool thing about FAF is they, is they have something called IDT, which is a, to put it in layman's term, I could tell you what IDT stands for, but it was it's ridiculous. But <laughs> it is actually a systemized built-in walking foot, which we now know all quilters need. And it helps stabilize the stitches to be incredibly precise. I mean, this stitch work is beautiful. And you can just press play, yeah, press play, on these machines and it will just fly through your project with the most beautiful stitches you've ever seen. I mean, German engineering for sure. Um, next up is the Viking Husqvarna, which I always thought is so weird because when I think of Husqvarna, I always think of our like lawnmower, but whatever. Another high-end European machine, this time from Sweden, that is now owned by Singer. So if you're looking for high-end machines that are made in America, owned by an American brand, look at the two highest-end Europeans <laughs> because the German machines and the Swedish machines are now American machines, and they're awesome. Um, and then last up is Bernina, and Bernina is known worldwide. They are the European version of Singer where they have huge brand recognition They've been in business for over 120 years. They make phenomenal machines and they have kept their portfolio only to Bernina brand machines. So all of their innovation, all of their technology is in their one brand. So Bernina machines are excellent. I have heard nothing but wonderful things about them. And honestly, every single one of these dealer brands is great. It really comes down to what you as a user are into. So you can find your Singer, Janome, Juki, and Brother machines online, which is excellent, especially, you know, hashtag COVID. We're all looking at new ways to purchase things. Um, but the rest of these brands, the, especially the dealer brands, will only be available through dealerships 
which is not really a bad thing, except for the difficulty that COVID throws into the situation. So I know, I know, it's a lot to remember. So I will be putting a link to each of these brands in the show notes so you can take your time and really get a feel for each of them. You can find those at themodernquiltercircle.com slash episode dash two. Okay, so what if I want a regular machine not marketed to industrial or quilting or embroidery What am I looking for in a machine? Like, I want something that's just good. Um, And that's a very valid thing. A lot of you will not really know exactly what you want to be making. You just know that you want to be making and you want to have the ability to try different things and see what sticks. And I get it. I've been there. So some of the features I definitely would look for in a new machine is I really want you to have either a built-in or better yet automatic needle threader. I do not care how young you are. When you're threading that needle, you will feel like Betty White. I promise you it. The lighting is always, I mean, these have, these machines have excellent LED lights. Hopefully you're sewing in a bright room, But as soon as you hunch over and get real close to that needle, you're blocking all that light. So it's it's hard to thread a needle sometimes. So an automatic or built-in needle threader, I think, is a must. Um, And a built-in needle threader is just as good as an automatic one. Um, I don't prefer one over the other. Just it's, it's a speed of process thing. Also, automatic bobbin winding. This one is one of those things where like a lower end or inexpensive model will not have bobbin winding. Um, And that kind of stinks, but know that you can also get a bobbin winder. Like it's just like, it looks like a little case, like a size of a pencil case. And you can set up your spool of thread and your bobbin and it'll wind it for you. I know for a fact they sell them at Hobby Lobby for like 20 bucks. So it's not the end of the world if you really, really, really want to stay at a lower price point for your machine. But bobbin winding is a must. Do not hand wind your bobbins. It's not okay. It will end up being a cluster mess for you. Like, please just don't do it. It's not worth it. Um, And then next up, I would say snap on presser feet. So some machines have special presser feet that you actually attach with a small screw and the machine comes with a little screwdriver, kind of cute, but, and, and they're great. There's nothing wrong with them. And honestly, it's a really great firm connection to your machine. So I get why people like them. What I don't like about them is that they typically have very specialized attachment points to your machine, meaning you can only buy additional or replacement presser feet from that company, which can be a drag because knowing that those presser feet are expensive. Now with snap-on presser feet, they're almost always universal, which means you can get one for like 10 bucks on Amazon. Maybe a higher end walking foot you pay 30 bucks for, but that is a huge, huge difference than paying a couple of hundred dollars 
for a specialized walking foot directly from the manufacturer. So that is something I will not compromise on and I do not think you should either. Also, check and see how many needles the machine can take. Some will take a modified twin needle and some will actually take two or three needles. I personally don't care about this at all because I quilt and I very rarely need to use a twin needle. Occasionally, if my binding bias tape is very wide, I will use a twin needle, but it's pretty rare. I would rather use like a zigzag stitch. That's just me. Um, But for those of you who are interested in potentially making your own clothing or um, other types of handicrafts on your sewing machine, a twin needle might be something that you should keep in mind. A lot of machines take twin needles, which actually attach with one post. So they go right into the same needle, and but then the ends have twins. And then other ones actually have individual places to insert individual needles. So that's something to keep in mind if you're looking to use your sewing machine for something beyond quilting. Um, now, bobbin loading type is a big one as well. I... I'm, I feel like I'm like giving away all of like my bad habits. I hate bobbin cases. I think bobbin cases are pains in the butt. I don't like the idea that to use a bobbin case, you have to remove the front of your machine, unhook the bobbin case, drop your bobbin into the bobbin case, reattach the bobbin case into the front of your machine, and then close your machine up, and then you can use it. And the reason why I say that is because the alternative, which is a drop-in, is just a little trap door on the top of your machine under your needle. You slide that door out, you drop the bobbin in, you hold the end of the thread, loop it around once, and close. It takes about five seconds to do, and it is a life changer because I can't even tell you how many times I have cried over my bobbin. Spoiler alert, you will too. For quilters, the next thing I want you to look for is retractable feed dogs. At the beginning, you're probably not going to use your retractable feed dogs, especially if you have a walking foot on your machine. But if you're getting a little froggy, you're getting a little fancy, and you want to be able to do free motion quilting which is quilting that you hand draw, for lack of a better way to describe it, onto your fabric by how your hands move the fabric underneath the needle. Now, what a feed dog does is the feed dog is those little teeth underneath the needle plate that grabs the fabric and moves it forward with each stitch. By dropping those, you're able to move the fabric in any direction that you want. So it's really important to have retractable feed dogs if you want this machine to grow with you. Um, and then lastly, I know we, we touched on presser feed already and I went on my own little, little stinch and tangent on that. But I want you to make sure you check and see what presser feet are included. So um, I really expect there to be some buttonhole feet, I want there to be a quarter inch seam allowance foot. Ideally, there'd be a walking foot, but 
most general machines don't have them. Also, side note, most quilting machines have them built in or definitely come with them. This is why you have to check what comes with what because there are so many different types of presser feet out there. Most machines come with 10 or less. So really look and see what you're getting with your machine when you purchase it. Um, And also, I said last, but I was lying. I forgot. Also look for stitch length. Now, I'm saying this from a quilter's point of view, but when I am basting my quilt sandwich together, like holding it together, there's the top, the batting, and the backing, sometimes I use basting clips. Sometimes I use basting spray, which is basically like an aerosol can of glue. And sometimes I use basting stitches, which are really long, loose stitches that I just kind of throw up the middle of the of the project to hold everything in place and then once it's done you know you seam ripper and they pull right out because they're super loose long stitches um now some machines that are not quilt machines will not have lengths of stitches that are sufficient to actually do that with Um, now stitch length comes in millimeters standard machines are like three to four you can get a quilting machine that has basting stitches up to like 10, 10 millimeters. And those are bomb. Just saying it. So there you have it. It's a lot of information. And shopping can feel so tough because, you know, hashtag COVID. That's why I put together a guide for you that outlines the steps for choosing and purchasing a sewing machine. You can get that guide at themodernquilterscircle.com. And remember, you can catch up with this episode and all past episodes at themodernquilterscircle.com forward slash podcast. And congratulations, you just finished another episode of the Stop Scrolling and Start Sewing podcast. Thanks for taking a few moments of your day to hang out with me and make sure you never miss an episode by hitting subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Now stop scrolling and start sewing.